We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The Voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on sin. This is Loud and Queer. queer, queer. Hello everyone, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. I'm Sammy, here with Liz. And if you don't know, Simona Kastrikum is an accomplished musician, producer, drummer, DJ, broadcaster, and uh, academic who probably needs no introduction to listeners of our show, honestly. Um, and her 2020 album, Panic and Desire, put forward her experiences uh, of the city as a gender non-conforming person, the transition, empathy, resistance, euphoria, and fear that can all coexist within an urban space. And uh, yeah, she joined us earlier this week to talk about her latest single TBC, single launch at the Northcote Social Club next weekend, uh, as well as some of the themes and ideas behind her new album, Sync, which TBC is going to be from. And uh, yeah, as well as her recent shows of the same name at Vivid Sydney. Uh, yeah, we talked about so much. But for now, I uh, hope you enjoyed this chat. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. Studios. Thanks for having me. It's no. always good to be here on scene. I enjoy coming here. Yeah, thank you. No worries. All right. So I guess just to kick it off, um, how have you been and like what have you been focusing on lately, music and performance wise? Yeah, well, it's um it's been just um uh, I've just finished recording and doing the final mix of the album Sync, which will be out early next year, I would say. And um, yeah, it was uh, just it just took a while to try and get off the ground this year. So between that and performing the actual show sync, we performed in in Sydney, um, and then we you know, but we premiered it back in December late last year. So it's really just been having that show evolve, and you know, I guess putting it down onto into the recordings and and see where it goes. So that's been quite exciting to be in the studio finally. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, definitely keen to ask more about the show and how the album's coming together a bit later on. Um, but you're also, outside of music, you've been working on your, your PhD in architecture this year. Yeah, six time. months ago, I put in that big singular task, which is the PhD, <laughs> and um, been able to get on with the rest of life. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been nice to be able to check out some festivals and, um, you know, and sort of, you know, go out and, and not have this enormous big thing over the top of my head, you know, that's been there. So I've certainly felt about 10 kilos lighter <laughs> in terms of, you know, the amount of books that have been sitting on my head. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've just finished my bachelor's, but um, I'd imagine like writing a, a thesis, especially you'd just always be thinking, I could be working on this right now. Pretty much, yeah, that's the way it works. And it's like, oh, I've got all these books to read and, oh, you know, I've got to buy another book or I've got to find another piece of reading to do. So, yeah, there's always, it's it's always lurking over your shoulder. But, yeah, it's it's nice to have it clear and, and to be able to hit things. Like, I mean, you know, what's like, what's the future after that? So, like, I've been just working on a research fellowship since I finished the PhD at the University of Melbourne, just in the Melbourne School of Design. So... 
it's been really good just to go straight into that and just continue the work that I've been doing, but but more in a I guess in a creative capacity. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, so uh, your new single TBC has been out for around two weeks now. Yeah, um, can you tell us a bit about the track and like how it came together? Yeah, well, it came together. I, it was it was interesting writing the first few songs for the Sync project because I'd never been commissioned to do a work before. So the work came about through being commissioned by Arts House through the city of Melbourne. Um, and we were just basically th thrown into a room with myself and um, my collaborator, Carla Zimbler. And not only was it to come up with a piece of music, but it was also to come up with a performance and an installation, you know, that we were going to do. So TBC was, I think, probably the first or second song that I wrote in that scenario. But I'm used to writing, you know, at 11 o'clock at night or on a Friday afternoon or something like that when everyone else is knocked off in my own studio at home. And it just comes very organically. Whereas this time I literally had to sit in a studio or in a, a studio space that was very, very different to my way of working. But, you know, we just sort of ripped out a song like TBC, which is very much, I think, a response to that time when we were sort of coming in and out of lockdowns yeah. and trying to imagine a world where, you know, what's, you know, how do we, how do we kind of follow? How do we sort of continue from, from this and, and what's going to be left? So yeah, it's really what the song's about. Yeah. I imagine, um, did, do you feel like the song kind of ended up differently or a bit different to like the normal stuff you write, given that different like context for writing it? Yeah, because in that studio, I had the capacity to make a lot of noise. When you're writing in an apartment or you're, when you're writing at home, it's like, well, I don't want to wake the neighbors up. But also, like, I was able to get a drum kit out, and it was the first time that I was writing with an acoustic kit and with an electronic kit and then with all of my... I bought in every instrument that I had, you know. And so I was able to really use, a, I guess, a you know, a, a studio for making music in and make as much noise as I wanted. So I really wanted to figure out what sort of a drummer I was on the acoustic drums, which I hadn't really played proper, properly for about 10 years. Of course, I've been playing electronic drums since. So um, I could sort of uh, lean into my inner Phil Collins, if you like, <laughs> my inner Stuart Copeland and... Um, and it's, you know, the song like TBC came out, which was was really good. So it's it's very drum heavy in that sense. Um, it's very enjoyable to play. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I really loved the idea of like renewal. That's kind of in TBC. Um, yeah, and yeah, especially given it was kind of written about slash during uh, lockdowns, and yeah, we didn't really know what renewal would look like. It was very uncertain. And it still very much is for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think there's a sense of hope in the song. I think there's a like the, the sort of the way the song kind of builds, and you know the way I'm singing with um, matriarchy in there. It's there's this sort of big wash of hope that sort of comes over it when it starts off as this maybe it's sort of like this track of despair, and it's like, no, hang on a minute, let's change tack here, you know. So. I had a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not the glass half full. It's not, I'm trying not, not 
the toxic positivity either. But <laughs> yeah, do you think you would have um, maybe like approached those themes and ideas differently if you were like had to hadn't written it yet and had to write it like this year or you know post the lockdowns? <sighs> uh, I I I feel like they were they were themes that I just had to deal with. I mean, it was, you know, I can only really write from the heart and I can only really write from, you know, so, you know I write what's on my sleeve as well too because I just sort of wear all those things where they are. So it's difficult when you're writing to be like, oh, I don't really want to write about that or I don't want to write about this. And invariably those feelings always come out. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, choosing your words and yeah. <laughs> making sure that... Um, you know, is that what you really want to sing? Is that what you really want to say? Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I could have avoided writing about that time, you know, because it's just been such a huge few years, you know, there's a great sense of loss and a great sense of grief that I think I needed to process. But I think that writing Sync has been this very different experience because it's been a very introspective it's been very inward looking, whereas other albums or other songs that I've written have been very outward looking or they've been, you know, like a real, I guess, like, you know, an acting out, if you like. I didn't want to do that this time. I really wanted something that was a bit more in introspective and, yeah, it was really, I guess, sort of about acceptance and, and acceptance of the things that, you know, I had to surrender to, you know which lockdown was really about. And you've already talked about um, Sync quite a bit, but yeah, it is your upcoming album. Um, TBC and Grateful for the Heartache from last year are both from it. Yeah, can you tell us anything more about the project? Well, um, yeah, we performed it uh, in Sydney for Vivid. So, and we're looking at um, doing some more shows, hopefully at the start of next year. So it's the kind of work that, you know, it's, it's, it's got a bit of a long life to it, you know, um, but it's a, the actual production itself is quite a big production. Like it's a little bit sort of like how I would have thought, I guess, a Pink Floyd or Depeche Mode show to go, uh, you know, in the eighties, I think cause I'm really referencing some of those, um, some of those experience that I had with those bands in the eighties and the nineties, I think. And, um, so yeah, and, it, but it's a very intimate, uh, relationship that I'm trying to build with my audience, I think. So, um, but it's very specific to being performed in certain venues. Like we need to find nine meter ceilings, <laughs> you know, we need to perform in the round, you know, so it's sort of uh, narrows down the kind of venues that we can perform at. But the benefit of that is, is that when we find the spaces that they're architecturally very stunning and they're very significant. So the show kind of, you know, brings something very different for the audience. You know, it's not just your regular show at the, on the, on the stage and the proscenium and, you know, but, you know, we'll find some spaces to do it in. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. So, um, so yeah, Carla is going to like, Carla's kind of contribution to the the show at um, Vivid Sydney is going to be like a continuing thing for future sync shows. Oh yeah. And uh, I mean, Carla's, um, Carla's wonderful in that sense that like, you know, I mean, she's been touring 
Ah, oh, geez, uh, been in Europe backwards and forwards, and um, you know, we just so we come together when we do sync in, in such a way that we're so invested and emotionally invested in this show. Um, it's such a wonderful experience, not only to have conceived the work with Carla, but also like just the ongoing, um, you know, relationship we have in doing the show, and it's it's very different to doing the show or performing with someone on stage with you. Because I mean, it's essentially like me performing solo and then Carla's off in the, you know, back at the tech desk, you know, doing all of the lights and doing all of the projections. But I know that like right above me is this um, curtain that's hanging down above me on a, on a, on a motor <laughs> that's swinging around. And um, so she's right up there, right above me. And she, and, she, and she describes it so wonderfully. It's like this way of, I guess, destabilizing performance spaces and destabilizing architecture in that sense um, that what we're doing is, um, is providing something really different. Yeah, yeah. I um, saw it described as the, the show as a percussive and visual exploration of queer spatial production in hostile urban environments. Um, so yeah, those those ideas of like transient spaces and destabilizing normative frameworks, they're very like present in the, the full album. Yeah, they're present in the lyrics and they're present in the visuals. Um, you know, we've tried to recreate, I guess, some of these things. You know, it was, you know, the, the city was was locked down. The city was a place where we couldn't be. It was something that we sort of longed for, you know, for so many years. And so part of this was sort of trying to understand i guess the emptiness of 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 what it felt like you know to be in a city for 18 months or two years it was you know essentially like completely shut down but i know that even you know some of those times when i did sort of venture out and it was completely shut down like it was just a completely different space you know it's like when you're you know, when you're trans and gender diverse and you're walking through space in, in you know, walking through the public space in the city, it can be very hostile. But when there's no one there, it's sort of like has this whole different aspect to it as well. It's like at once, on one end, it's sort of like maybe it feels a bit safer because there's no one there. But on the other end, it's just sort of like, well, you know, who's going to hear the scream <laughs> so mm. it's it just had this very strange sort of wow vibe to it and I, I i was interested in encapsulating that on this record because the, the 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 record before panic desire was really about occupation of the city you know when you know sort of pre-pandemic you know when it was a megalopolis it was full of people so yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask um, if there's like any strong thematic ties to sync and, and panic and desire, or if it was like you really wanted to create something different and explore like very different ideas. But it sounds like it's a bit of both. There's a bit of both. I think, you know, I, I feel like panic desire, that's my PhD set. That's my trans album <laughs> <laughs> that deals with a lot of those things in a very literal sense. Whereas um, TBC deals with relationships probably more specifically. Um, and I guess that relationship with the cis-normative world. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, probably just, I'm just trying to explore some of that. But again, it's it's very inward looking and, you know, looking at my own, I guess, influence rather than 
things that are influencing me. I'm thinking about future shows and projects. Um, how do you ensure like spaces are transformed to become safer? You mean performance spaces themselves or? Um, yeah, performance spaces themselves. Um, but yeah, also if there's, yeah, anything else that comes to mind from that? Well, you know, it's like, I think in this, in this, you know, with, with, with one of the things I think that's, you know, really like kind of, you know, interesting to kind of look at is, you know, there's a lot of pressure on musicians to keep performing through what's happening at the moment, you know, and um, it's like, well, how do we sort of do that and still keep our community safe? And, um, you know, like it's, you know, for me, it's like, I guess, you know, looking to venues where like, you know, they are accessible, but not only accessible in terms of, you know, accessible, like physically accessible, accessible from a neurodiverse point of view, but also like, you know, getting people to wear masks, you know, and making sure that when people are there, they do feel safe and they do feel protected as well, because it's, it's possible to still do that. You know, it's like, just because, um, the government's not sort of mandating it. Like to what extent as an artist, you know, do I make make sure that I'm sort of leading by example in that sense, you know? So I've, I've attended quite a few shows where that's been something that has, has happened where people are wearing their masks and people are taking, um, you know, sort of COVID safety pretty seriously. Um, so I think it's been, a you know, particularly with shows like, um, that we did at Phoenix, shows that we did at Arts House. Um, you know, there was a show I went to a couple of weeks ago, which was the June Jones show at the Gasometer, for instance, you know, where that was, that was taken really seriously. So, you know, I think that um, that's something that's, that's possible to do. And, you know, the onus is on, I guess, myself as, you know, the person putting on that event you know, to make sure that that can, that happens and people have got the capacity to do so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, um, definitely feel you are absolutely right in that a lot of people put pressure mainly on the artist when there's a lot more, you know, more people in the industry that could be contributing, I guess, ideas about how to make these events safer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely, uh, want to give credit and love to June Jones. She's yeah, definitely been talking about all of this um, and yeah, keeping people safe and just conscious of the pandemic since the beginning, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. I'm leading us to talk about all of that, but the TVC single launch is coming up very soon, about two weeks at the Northcote Social Club on the 27th of August. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? I'm feeling pretty nervous about it, to be perfectly honest, because headline this is the first time I've headlined the show at a local venue since well before the pandemic. I wonder how we did them so regularly, you know, it's, um, <laughs> and so it's, again, it's like, you know, there's this pressure on ticket sales and capacities and all of this sort of stuff. And it's just kind of like, well, you know, you've really just got to put the show on and, you know, like the, the people that turn up are the people that can, you know, it's, 
So um, I'm, I'm feeling really excited. Who, who, who sort of like shows up and all that sort of stuff is usually something that might sort of give me some anxiety, but I never really get sort of stage fright or anything like that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the set that we're playing. I think it's very different. There's a lot of songs from Panic Desire that I'm sort of not playing anymore and I'm focusing on the new songs. Uh, the new album, but also, you know, I'm really excited to be playing some songs from the sad back catalogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just nice to breathe some life back into some of the songs that Daphne and I wrote together. Of course, Daphne passed away about a year ago with my band Sad. So, um, you know, which is, you know, and a lot of that energy is in is in the new material as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. And that's going to be with um, Matriarchy and like Transmissions in the band. Yeah. yeah. So we've got uh, Matriarchy on vocals. We've got Light Transmission on uh, on the guitars. And we're just in the next week or so, we're just going to figure out who's going to play what. I don't know. I, I might get on the guitar as well for a minute and see how that goes. It's been a while since I've done it. And then we've got Toya playing uh, a set beforehand and Looper J. Yeah. So it's a pretty good lineup, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Great night. And yeah, really glad to hear that the there's going to be some sad songs in the set. But yeah, also talking about um, other shows, especially the Vivid Sydney one that we just talked about, you performed at like just architecturally some really amazing places. Like that was at the Phoenix Central Park and then you've also performed at the Capitol Theatre here. Um, Yes. Is there any like iconic spaces left that you haven't performed in yet that are kind of like on your dream list? Well, you know, I'd, um, I'd like to give um, I'd like to give Sydney Opera House another crack. I'd love to give uh, Melbourne Recital Centre in the main hall a crack as well. That'd be good. Um, I don't know. I love um, I love I love uh, the the Adelaide Festival theatres that are on the, on the river there. I think they're pretty beautiful old buildings as well. They've definitely got some nine meter ceilings in there. But yeah, I think I'd also like to take Sync or something like that to like just some big old industrial places as well. You know, like love to do a show of something like the Substation or whatever. You know, Ooh. so yeah, get back to the rave cave. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Get the lasers out again. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Loud and Queer. Um, My pleasure. Yeah. Is there, I guess, where can people keep up with you online and where can they look for tickets for the, the single launch? Uh, yeah, tickets are at uh, Northcote Social Club uh, website. And um, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just lurking around on the gram, trying not to as much these days. <laughs> but yeah, you know, stream me on all of the good platforms. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media. 